Hello and welcome to another episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl, aka Ginny Luby. I am so excited to be back after a few weeks vacation. And last week we had the episode of the two, two of the four owners of the High Priestess Pole Studio. And hopefully you learned, you know, something from, you know, women entrepreneurs opening their business, trying to remove stigma around pole dance and, you know, how it can empower women, all that good stuff. And now as I go into August, my theme is more around getting back to school, that mindset, education, and I'm super excited. I have really wonderful guests planned for the month ahead. I know I say that every week, but I do find that I there's so many wonderful people to talk to, especially women, that I do feel that way every week. And this week, I will tell you, I'm super honored. Uh, my guest is someone who I know she has a very busy schedule, so I'm so honored that she has time to talk with me today and that she can share with you some great insight. Um, so I have with me uh, Dr. Katie Leonard from Johnson College, and I want to tell you real briefly, for those of you who aren't familiar, and maybe you're not, uh, if you're not from Northeastern Pennsylvania or you're not from the East Coast, you may not be familiar, Johnson College was actually started by a wealthy coal baron, Orlando Johnson, and he, from his money, he passed away in 1912, and I always remember because I'm a Scranton girl, born and raised, live in North Scranton, not even maybe a mile from the school that it was thought of as the trade school. And then it became Institute of Technology. And then you thought of technology and now it's called Johnson College. So it's more encompassing, a lot more uh, programs offered. And so today we, I want to focus on really the role of getting more women involved in, in trades. And um, I'll be honest, I've often joked with friends, I wish I had the stamina to go back and become a welder because they do really well and they sure as hell make more money than I do. Um, but anyway, I really am excited to introduce Dr. Katie Leonard. So welcome, Dr. Leonard. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Janine. I'm so happy to be here. So before we get into the, the real, I don't want to say more serious stuff, but the meat of it, why don't you tell my listeners just a little bit about you? I will say I got to see you speak at the, uh, the Scranton Chamber has a women's conference every year, which I think is fabulous at Kalahari in April, they had it this year. And I got to see one of your session. And I have to say, I love Dr. Leonard's style. I'm not trying to kiss up, but you were like <laughs> talking about rock and roll and you had your t-shirt. And I just, I like that you weren't like, you made us feel comfortable is what I want to say. So I appreciated that style of your presentation, but why don't you share just a little maybe about your background and some, some things about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I'm from New York uh, originally, and I came to Pennsylvania to go to college down in York, Pennsylvania, about three hours south from Scranton. Uh, and I never left and I knew I wasn't going to leave. Um, I didn't want to go back to the traffic <laughs> in New York. Um, so I really had no idea what I wanted to do as I was growing up where the rock and roll comes in is I was always into rock music. I thought I wanted to manage rock bands and go to NYU and, you know, get the internship at MTV and all of that. And my dad sat me down one day and said, well, what do you want to major in? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'd like to read. I like to write. Maybe I'll just major in English. And he's like, well, you really can't go to NYU for that much money and major in English. He had that big reality check early on. Um, so he knew of your college through a friend of his and all I knew about York at the time was a rock reference. I knew the rock bands live was from York. So I was like, well, you know, okay, I'll, I'll check York out. And I went for a visit and I loved it. And while I applied to some other schools, it ended up being the only place I wanted to go. So, um, I, I went to school there and ended up living there for about nine years before moving up to this area. 
Um, and I gained experience in economic development, in marketing, in PR, and you know, community relations. I think the wonderful thing about like you know a smaller town, whether it's York or Scranton, I think when you're younger, there's opportunities presented to you that I know that I wouldn't have had back um, in New York. So I was you know chief of staff you know in my 20s uh, to a state representative. I was executive director of a nonprofit at like 26 years of age, and just those kinds of like rich experiences. Um, that just helped shape my career. Like I said, I don't think I, I would have gotten that um, had I gone back to New York. So um, moved up here with my you know then husband at the time. He was from um, this area. I had a daughter and she's 13 now. It's hard to believe. Wow. Uh, I know. Yeah. But I, and I've been at Johnson College. I, I applied for a marketing and fundraising position and got to know my predecessor really well, Dr. Ann Popinski. I still consider her a great friend and mentor. Um, and I just did, did more and more with her strategic planning and fundraising, and we rebranded the institution. Again, just wonderful, wonderful experiences uh, for my career. And when she was getting ready to retire uh, four plus years ago, she said, you know, this is this this could be your moment. Like you know, you should think about applying for the presidency. And if you again, if you had told that teenager back in New York that wanted to manage rock bands that she would even think about applying for to be the president and CEO of a college, I would have been like, you're nuts. Um, but here I was, and I was getting you know, I had got my master's, and I was in the process of getting my doctorate, and I love it at Johnson College so much. And I thought, well. When else am I going to have this kind of opportunity to lead a place that I care about uh, as much as I care about Johnson College? So uh, I went through the search process, which was very difficult. Um, you know, some people think being the internal candidate is is easier. I, I beg to differ. Um, but it, you know, again, it's it strengthened you know who I am and, and my resolve and my my love and care uh, for for this place and. I went through the national search process and the search committee selected me and I've been president and CEO now for four years. Wow. That's wonderful. That's great. And before we get into Johnson College, and I want to talk about that and about, you know, the role of uh, getting more women into tra tra traditionally, excuse me, male roles. Um, you talk about you, you know, the idea back then, maybe getting, you know, the MTV kind of thing. I will say, has anyone told you, you kind of resemble Martha Quinn a little bit? Oh my gosh. Yes. Somebody else. Yes. <laughs> I can see that. So I could see you as a VJ. Um, yeah. But before we get to the, to the serious stuff, let me do another lighthearted question. I don't always ask this, but we were kind of bantering before. Beforehand. Well, on the weekends when you're uncorking and you're relaxing, what do you like to uncork? What do you like to do for fun? Especially now in the summer, I'll personally tell you, I can't stand sure. the heat, but what do you, what have you been doing to kind of chill out for the I summer? So, so I recently moved and where I'm at that we have a pool. So my daughter and I are spending a lot of time uh, at the pool, but we've also spent a lot of time going to concerts on the other side of COVID. So uh, I've been back to see a lot of my favorite bands over this past year. My daughter got to see two of her favorites this summer, Justin Bieber, and we just saw The Weeknd. Whoa. <laughs> so, yes, but I do. And of course, I do enjoy wine and, and beer and whiskey. <laughs> hey, those are all three good ones. Any, only because I'm more of a wine girl. Do you have a preference? Like, I'm a white wine gal. Do you like yeah. any certain kind of wine? So for white, I, I prefer Riesling and for red, I enjoy a good Pinot Noir. Okay. Those are two good choices. And I have to ask which concerts did you get to see that were really for you? 
Oh, so I have loved Breaking Benjamin forever. And I think everyone knows that the lead singer is from this area. He's from, Ben's from Wilkes-Barre. Um, but I never got to see them live. So that was the first show um, that I got to see on the other side of COVID. Um, I was so busy going to school for so many years that my concert going sort of went on hiatus for a while. But it was such a great show. I saw them in December. Um, it was sort of a, an intimate show in Bethlehem. And they you know, got to kind of meet the band beforehand. And they did a sound check uh, for those of us that, that got the VIP package. And it was just a kind of like a wonderful way to kind of get back from from COVID and, and to see them. Um, it was it was wonderful. Oh, that's great. I, last week I went yeah. to Bethel Woods and I got to see uh, Garbage and Alanis. So I oh, love from yeah. the 90s. That was an awesome show too. Oh, I heard that was really good. Yeah, yeah. just thinking back to like early 90s, just getting out of college. So that was, you know, know. it's it's nice. It's kind of nice to have that nostalgia too. You kind of yes. feel something special with that. Um, yeah. So again, before we get to the Johnson College part, I do want to ask you about, it's, if you've had an interesting career, a great career. I love the point you made about smaller cities because mm -hmm. a lot of times I mean you know everyone's different but a lot of times you know I taught for seven years at King's and you you hear what they want to be like right off the back going to ESPN and that doesn't happen I mean yeah. not to be a negative but you need to to build up your resume and so like you said you had these positions that were really impressive and you wouldn't necessarily have gotten opportunities like that in a bigger city because there is so much competition right. um, how did you so now you're president of college and how do you feel your experience has been as a woman in academia or your experiences overall? Have you found any certain barriers or obstacles that you've had to overcome? Yeah. So to be honest, I, and I, I feel like for me, it's been more my age being a young woman. I think that, that like, like the two for me, if I look at like the kind of the course of my career, the two have sort of gone hand in hand. And also like I'm, I'm short um, so you know, men in particular tend to kind of group all of that together and say things that are a reference to my being a young little woman, you know, you see where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's been more, um, but more just, I think, you know, people thinking that it's still okay to say certain things and, um, I, I feel like it's been my responsibility as, as, as I had had positions that are maybe more in the public eye, um, just to, you know, kind of have offsite conversations to say, you know, the year is, you know, 2022 or 2021, like whatever year it was, and just, you know, times are changing and, you know, okay, so you, you speak to me that way and you feel comfortable doing it, but please don't speak to our students that way, or please don't. Um, you know, because it's, you know, it, it may have been okay at one time, or you may have felt it was okay at one time. It's, I'm being honest, it's, it's not okay now. And I have to say that so most people are okay with those conversations and, and some aren't, and, and that's, you know, that that's okay too. Yeah. But I think it's important. Like you said, some people are, some people aren't. I think the conversation is the important part, right? I think- yeah. These days, I think, you know, and I won't go off too far off track, but when we're unfortunately, I feel at times too extreme where it's like, 
you're either on one end or the other. And most of us are really more in the middle. But if you say something, the response, like even for a silly little example with the heat, I'm not a fan. And then you see, well, would you rather snow? It's like, well, I don't think we have to go from 90 degrees to 20. I don't know. I'm I'm not a meteorologist, but there might be some middle ground there. But the important thing, like I think you brought up is the conversation, you know, because sometimes people aren't aware. Right. And I think, you know, what I always try to keep in mind, and this is, this is sometimes, you know, for me, it's all, it's all practice, right? Leadership is practice. Management is practice. Anything we do is, is practice. And I think sometimes just understanding that we all grew up differently. We all, you know, had different experiences. Um, we, all of us were told that different things growing up were okay. Um, you know, growing up in New York was very different than my friends that are, that grew up here in Pennsylvania, um, just something as simple as like driving and how everybody here can't wait to get their license. You know, it's, it's such a big deal. And that, like, when I moved here, I was like, wow, what is that? Because like, I was like growing up figuring out how do you get to the, like, to take the train, to take the subway, to get the taxi, to get like, that was more of, you know, what I was. So it, just even things like that, but just always trying to approach everything with, with a sense of like curiosity and empathy and understanding that like, okay, like, you know, this person has not had the same experiences as I have. So in their minds, this, this might be okay. And just, I've learned like coming at it from that perspective and that we all have something to learn from each other. It helps. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I I know we're human, so we're not, and we're, we're going through our day trying to get through what we need to get through. So we're, we don't always have that brain, that part of our brain of like, Ooh, I should take a pause for a moment and realize that they don't, they don't have the same experience as me. So let's stop for a second. Yeah. But that's important. That's an important lesson. And I'm sure as a leader, that's something that is really important to your role, especially overseeing so many young lives coming in and you get the opportunity to shape their lives for them or help them shape them, I should say. Yeah. And I, I try to equate my experience in New York to, to what they face sometimes, you know, with coming here, I think they, they come here and think, you know, sort of comparing some of like the really big employers to maybe going to work in a, in a big city that, you know, sometimes you might not, that big employer might be awesome, but you know, you might be a better fit for a smaller to midsize, you know, company um, because you might have more opportunities sooner rather than later. And you might, you know, your path might look a little different uh, than you were expecting, but you don't know uh, what, where it's going to lead if you don't try. So just encouraging them to always like keep, an open mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, getting into as far as Johnson College, what Johnson College offers, I didn't, I will, I will tell you, I just did a little research, but I, I really wanted to talk to you about like getting women involved in more predominantly what has been considered male careers. And uh, I mean, just in a real simple little search, I found that the numbers are still kind of unfortunate. Um, only yes. a third, it says only about a third of women uh, are manufacturing is women, mm-hmm. uh, about 5% welders, female. And then I, I saw the one statistic was about under 4% of young women enrolled in schools that are considered, you know, more of the trade uh, industries, that sort of thing. So we mm-hmm. do have a ways to go for women to break into these uh, areas of uh, industries, which are great opportunities. Um, so I would ask you, so first I know Johnson college offers more than that. Now they're not just a trade school. Not that there was, I shouldn't say just because trades are wonderful, but Johnson 
offers a variety of, of programs. So first, if you want to just give us a brief overview of what Johnson offers, and then let's talk a little bit about getting young women more interested or more into these industries. Sure. So when I, when I always talk about women in, you know, sort of what's still considered non-traditional industries, I always go back to our founder, Orlando, because I thought it was so incredible. So when you look at his documents, when he was putting um, his, his trust together and his will, he said he wanted his money to be used for a trade, a school where men and women could learn useful arts and trades. And this was back in 1912, probably even before 1912, when he put the, the actual documents together. So before the women had the right to vote, before, you know, the women's rights movement, like, I, and I always, I always reflect on that and think, you know, thank you, Orlando, first of all, for doing that and always including women. Um, and, and I will say too, that our numbers still reflect, well, our population of women uh, and our non-traditional like female dominated majors is growing. It's still, it's still on the smaller side. Um, and as you said, like the statistics are staggering because over, you know, close to 60% of women make up college students and over, you know, close to 57% um, make up the workforce right now. And yet, you know, we're still underrepresented in some of these fields. Um, so what we do is, you know, we're starting a women in industry specific initiative. Um, and that's focused on all of our programs, but we have everything from automotive technology, HVAC, uh, welding, as you mentioned, we've had quite a number of women go through welding. And we have a few women in each of those programs, but we would like to see those numbers grow. So just trying to get out to more women, reach more women. But I do think, you know, no different than anything else, women have to see other women doing these things and being successful doing them. It can't just be me standing there as president and CEO. My role is very different than a female's role or, you know, a female carpenter's role. So just trying to get more women um, that are in these majors to talk to other women and say, like you could have a fruitful career, you could have flexibility, you can have, especially now, employers um, will, you know, basically sit with you and put together kind of whatever package <laughs> uh, you want. Um, they, 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 they really want good, good people, and women have the the skills to make up a really strong workforce. Yeah, and so there are uh, obviously many programs at Johnson College. Um, not like you mentioned the welding, but you have like. Uh, areas of healthcare, right? Yes. So there's a variety. Um, the ones we're mentioning, like I mentioned welders, because that is still a very small percent. Uh, that's when, yes. and I would imagine even like HVAC, because again, you tend to see more men in those industries. What mm -hmm. have you, so you have this new initiative, obviously this is something that you're hoping will increase uh, the numbers, the enrollment. Have you seen big changes while you've been president or any changes uh, in this have, area? Yes, yeah, it's, it's been slow, but, but I have. So for a while, when I first started, I will say, um, like looking at the high schools, again, the perception of like a two-year technical college, it was still like, ooh, like our students in general don't go to Johnson College. So I feel like for a while, up to when we rebranded, um, you know, 20, like 11, 2012, 2013, I'll say, like we were still fighting like that perception. It was just like, we just wanted, you know, people to just kind of erase the stigma they had about, a, you know, a trade school because we're still, we're still a college. We're still getting a valuable skill set at the end. 
and an associate degree, um, which is very valuable. Um, so I feel like my first, the first part of my career when I started here was really focused on that. And then once we rebranded, then we started kind of specifically drilling down into some of like more targeted markets, looking at our healthcare, um, our health services focused majors, those do tend to be female dominated. So even like on the flip side, how do we get more men um, to look at veterinary nursing or to look at radiologic technology or biomedical equipment technology. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you know, women in the, in the trade area. So we started doing some more specific marketing on the other side uh, of our branding um, to make sure that, you know, individuals of color were represented uh, in our photos, you know, women were represented um, in our photos, um, because not that we didn't do a good job of that before that, we just weren't as aware of it, because like I said, we were focused more on just kind of make it like kind of creating that awareness that, you know, that a two, what a two-year technical college is in general, and then we dove more into the target markets. Yeah. And it's, I, you brought up a really good point about the whole stigma, not just about getting more women, but students in general, because, you know, for the longest time it was like, and maybe it's, hopefully it is slowly changing this idea that, oh, your kids have to go to a four-year college when I'll be on, I'll be the first, one of the first people to say after teaching for seven years, I was part-time and it's not for me. I'll admit that's why I got out of it. Not every student or not every young person belongs in a traditional college setting. And, you know, you're taking on a lot of debt. And if it's not for you, then don't do it. And there is, you know, why not learn a trade? And there are wonderful jobs out there. And there, you know, if you want to make a very good living and, and try it out, like that's, that's a wonderful way to go that maybe people need to really start considering more. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in this area, like our students tend, we, we, tend to draw from about a 60 to 90 mile radius from our campus here in Scranton. Um, and, and a majority of our students are from this area. They wanna stay in this area. They wanna sort of help this area grow. So we like to say that we contribute to the brain gain and not the, the brain drain. Uh, and, and you're right. I mean, look on Indeed or even open the newspaper, You know, the starting wages for some of these careers um, are incredible. I mean, we have interns making between 19 and $21 an hour, and it only goes up from there once they, they have their degree. And a majority of our students have more than one job offer before they even cross the stage at graduation. So we have employers uh, competing um, for, for them. And again, employers are now looking at things like flexibility um, and different types of benefits. Um, again, helping them pay for school. Uh, many of our employers do a special stipend once uh, a student has either completed their internship and come on full time with them or um, pass their 30, 60 or 90 day review, they'll get a whole separate check to help pay down their, their student loan. So it's a stipend specific to what their student loan payment is. And our students come out with very little debt to begin with. So I do feel like there's more of an awareness now. You, you, know, you made a great point uh, about college debt. I feel like, especially too, on the other side of COVID, um, you know, people are, are taking a harder look at what they get for, for that, that dollar and the value of the degree over the long term. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and I could say personally, like I have a, a bachelor's degree in journalism. I've got my master's in communications from Marywood. And for a while, because I, I left my quote unquote day job to do a variety of different things, 
I was grading for an online college that was paying $12 an hour and required a master's degree in English mm-hmm. or a equivalent. So, I mean, when you look at the, the payment, like the trades are really paying well. Um, and I mean, obviously I, I know that's not just the one seller. People look for quality right. of life, your hours, <laughs> different things like that, but that is important. I mean, let's face it. We all have bills to pay mm-hmm. and that is important. Yes. Um, so as you're looking and you made a good point, not just about attracting more young women, but uh, people of color and, and young men to areas that were more traditionally female. Why is this? If someone were to say, well, why do this? Why make this effort? Why is it important to have well-balanced, you know, uh, jobs or industries with, with people of all varieties? Sure. So I think in general, I know, um, you know, in my master's and in my doctorate, you read so much and it's true that just diversity in general makes us all better. It'll make your company better. It makes individual performance better. I mean, there's so many articles and studies written, um, about this. And we're, we're firm believers of that here at, at Johnson College. And, you know, again, I encourage any employer that I talk talk with um, to look at that as well. So I think, you know, first and foremost, just from like that global perspective, just again, going back to even what we said at the beginning, you know, practicing empathy and practicing, you know, putting those skills to use where like, we are all different. Even if we come from the same place, we're still just by the nature of, you know, where we were born and who our parents were and how we grew up and things that were said to us um, in our lifetime, just, you know, we collect all of that and all of it makes us who we are. And, and, and if we're open to that, we can learn so much from each other uh, at the workplace, you know, as fellow employees, but then you know, offer that to our employer, those, those different perspectives and different ways of doing things. Um, even for our own students, we try to, you know, give them very different ways of troubleshooting different problems. And we try to give them enough of that experience uh, while they're here over the two years, getting out into the community, not just about doing labs here at Johnson College, but what happens when you're thrown in a community setting um, you know, in, in, into a house that maybe has all these problems and you're an electrical construction students, you know, we try to get different experiences so that they're that skilled troubleshooter uh, on the other side of it. But again, working together in teams and understanding that like your approach might make my approach even better. I mean, that, that really is like such a, a wonderful thing for employers. Oh, absolutely. And also it could also help their customers or their clients, because there are people who are coming to, let's say, you know, a veterinary clinic or in any certain setting that maybe will connect in a certain way with a certain person versus another that, that, you know, it it could make the experience better overall. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the, what would you say overall in your past, uh, you said about four and a half years, right? As president, Mm -hmm. what would you say you're most proud of? And not necessarily just with, with diversity, but overall, what are you most proud of? Um, I think there's, there's probably two things. So we started an early, um, early college program for high school students, uh, focused mostly on seniors, but, uh, some juniors too, because it's, it's not for every student. It could be pretty intense, but, um, those that maybe didn't decide early enough that they wanted to go to CTC or didn't know what they wanted to do, maybe until their junior, senior year, they can take, uh, college level classes. Um, and they can either earn, you know, they can earn one year towards an associate degree. So if they continue on here at Johnson College, and we do have a lot of students continuing on, they then only have one more year 
after they graduate high school to complete a two-year associate degree. And for some of our students that um, choose an academic certificate, which welding is, is one of them, they, we've had some students earn their academic certificate from us before they even graduate high school. So that's, that's called our industry fast track program. And I'm very proud uh, of, that, of, of that program. And then something else that we launched last fall is called RISE, Readiness and Skilled Employment. This is a partnership between Johnson College and United Neighborhood Centers, um, the McGowan uh, Charitable Fund and the institutes. And we focus on um, low income individuals that are either underskilled or have no skills really in the trades or not familiar with the trades. Um, and they go through a very intense nine month program. So it's not just Johnson College's curriculum, but it's a special curriculum that we worked alongside UNC to develop. So they're learning everything from life skills, financial skills, um, they're getting coaching, barriers are being removed. Um, so if they don't have transportation, UNC will work with them to get to find them transportation. If they don't have childcare, um, they focus on, on getting childcare. So whatever the barrier is, we work with UNC to remove that barrier so they could focus on their education and gaining those, those skills um, to be productive members out in the workforce. So uh, we're just about ready to graduate our first cohort. Um, we had 12 start in the program. Uh, we have 11 uh, graduating. So in just that alone that we retained, um, that they persisted and just worked so hard um, with so many barriers through this, this program um, and we'll be ready for employment in, in a month or so. I'm just, I'm incredibly proud of all of their effort, of all of like the faculty of the UNC staff and the Johnson College staff um, that have worked together uh, on, this, on this program. So those are probably the two things I'm, I'm most proud of. That's wonderful. And, and, you know, honestly, the things you mentioned, a lot of those skills, I wish I had those in my college, in my uh, Catholic <laughs> high school and in Penn State when I went finance, like just learning about finances and budgeting and like I those know. life skills, they're so valuable to every one of us, really. Yeah. And to be honest, when we asked the RISE students what their favorite, like non, like program, like Johnson College program class was, um, they all mentioned the, the, the finance, the, the personal finance program. Well, and when we look at, you know, debt in America, I mean, I know some of it, you could say in one way, it's unavoidable if you want to live, you know, because you want, right. we all, we all want, but like to learn, okay, what can I truly afford without making this too painful for myself? Right. A lot of us never really got the background in that. And, you know, know. in traditional colleges, like uh, mine was journalism degree. So like I could have taken, you know, an elective of something and I didn't, cause I wasn't super interested in it, but I came out of school even with a master's and I'm like, I don't know about finances really well, just the basic, oh, you know? I know. I did. Yeah. I didn't either. Sometimes you have to learn the hard way. And I always like tell, uh, like tell our students, I'm like, I share with our students, like pay attention to your credit score. <laughs> it's one of those things you don't even think about, but then when you want that big fancy truck or, you know, you want to buy your first home, I'm like, it's, it's really important. And, you know, sometimes they, they, they look at you like, oh, like all of us, you know, like you mentioned that, you know, when we're all starting out, it's like, what? but yeah, it's things like that are so incredibly important to understand. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's wonderful. So congratulations. And that retention rate, my gosh, 11 out of 12. That's wonderful. Yeah. You must be really pleased with that. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, we had a goal of 20. Um, and so I think at first we were all a little disappointed, but as we're going through the program with any first 
cohort, especially a program this this different and new. Um, now looking back, we're all we're, we're grateful that that we had a smaller group to to start with. Well, and you learn a lot, I'm sure. Like you said, the yes. first cohort, you learn what can we change, what can we tweak to make this better, or maybe remove, or whatever, to make it really valuable for the next group too. Right. Yes. That's what. So, will you start up a new uh, session, or how is that going to work going forward? Yeah. So we have our next cohort. They'll start in the fall. Um, so we we're recruiting for that right now. Um, it's a pretty intense application process, and United Neighborhood Centers um, kind of runs that that application process. Well, that's great. That's that's absolutely wonderful. So other than anything else that you wanted to add, the only other question I wanted to ask you is what you're looking forward to or what's exciting coming up for the the season ahead, because I know school will be in session the end of August. I believe you get started. Yeah, Yeah, we do. The last week of August. So so we've had record enrollment the last three years and we're trending to have another year of record enrollment. So I think, you know, again, being here at Johnson College, you know, for almost 15 years, and like I said, you know, finishing my, my fourth as, as president and CEO, um, I think it's just nice to see, again, that perception change. Not everybody gets to see that in their career. So I feel very fortunate um, that I've seen sort of the tide turn and that we like, we hung in there. And, um, you know, now I think whether it's COVID or people, realizing like we talked about earlier that you know debt you know from a four-year college sometimes is just something people don't want to deal with um i think what you know whatever the combination of things is um i think people are really starting to understand the value of a two-year degree especially a two-year technical degree with the kind of skills um our students uh come out with so i think that's that's the first thing looking forward to to fall always when like faculty and students are back and so many students um and then this last year we we launched a a bunch of of new programs and we have students enrolled in all of those so i'm excited to see how those new programs do um programs like um, mechatronics and we added a two-year welding fabrication and manufacturing program uh, a civil uh, design um, program industrial technology and building property management. So I'm really excited to see how the students in those uh, newer programs do. Um, and we have some other newer programs coming up that I, I can't talk about quite yet, um, and some other new initiatives. But our Women in Industry initiative is one that we're, you know, we've been talking about for a while now, and we're, we're kicking it off um, this fall. So again, just to give women uh, a network and to just make sure that they, they can see themselves um, in these, in these careers. I'm really excited about that as well. And what, uh, what, so what will that incorporate? Is this kind of like showing them women in these roles and getting them connected, like networking type of thing? Yeah. So bringing all of our female students together, um, to meet, uh, professional women that are currently, um, out in industry working in the roles that they aspire to. Um, so again, helping them network, helping them make those connections, um, linking them up to a mentor if they if they would like one, um, bringing in speakers talking about you know issues specific to women uh, in the industry. So to be part educational, part networking, part social. Um, so we're really excited about it. That sounds wonderful. That's great. Well, Thank is there you. anything else that like we didn't talk about that you just like to as we wrap up here? Anything else that you would like to add about your experience at Johnson or anything that you think is important to to include? Yeah. So one thing, um, you know, this is this has sort of been ingrained in, in who we are. But again, that that connection to industry, uh, going back to Orlando, I like to say we're founded and grounded in industry. So all of our programs 
um, you know, we have program advisory committees and I go out and meet with industry, you know, leaders, you know, on a, on a regular basis and just, you know, utilizing their knowledge to then kind of infuse uh, our programs and what the students learn, um, I just feel is so valuable. And again, makes, it helps that those connections to industry help make our degree that we grant that much more valuable to students because there's some employers around here who say, you know, you can't produce them fast enough. And if we could only hire Johnson College graduates, we, we would. And I think that just speaks volumes to the relationship that we have with industry, how they help us develop our programs, um, and then how awesome our faculty are. That's, uh, that's fantastic. And it's such a valuable point too, because let's face it, the classroom is the classroom, but it needs to have real world stuff in it because they're not going to live in the classroom, right? That's right. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's a great key thing that you have those partnerships and collaborations with people Thank in the you. industry. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thanks. Well, I appreciate so much you taking the time to share with us today. Oh and uh, I, as I always say, I hope my listeners will just, you know, learn a little something, uh, maybe have a few chuckles and maybe be inspired. You never know what someone's, you know, struggling with or, or thinking about trying and maybe we could just help them you know, think of something in a different way. And I'm always happy to do that. That's right. Me too. So thank you. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. Well, thank you. Well, and that is another episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. And I am Funny Wine Girl, Janine Luby. I hope you'll keep listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the coming weeks, we'll have uh, actually a really serious topic. I'll be talking with Amy Archer, who co-authored or edited a book uh, about school shootings, which is such a, you know, a daunting topic, but one that does need to, everything needs to be discussed, I believe. And then I'll be talking with Valerie from Lesson Alive, which is online education platform. So super excited for the weeks ahead. As always, I love to share my guests with you. So I hope you enjoyed it. And I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass. <laughs>